Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, March 17th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The biggest U.S. banks teamed up to rescue a smaller rival. We'll tell you about the British bank that may have emerged from the banking turmoil as a big winner. They got to look like good citizens, as well as potentially getting a good strategic deal. So I think they're feeling quite smug about it, actually. Plus, French President Emmanuel Macron made a high-stakes gamble to push forward his unpopular retirement reform. I'm Sonia Hudson, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Eleven of the biggest U.S. banks yesterday said they would support a smaller lender with a $30 billion cash deposit. First Republic is based in San Francisco and was hit by depositor withdrawals after Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. First Republic shares have fallen 64% in the past week. The FT's Hortensa Aliai told us the rescue was led by J.P. Morgan chief Jamie Dimon. I mean, for J.P. Morgan, it's an obvious thing to do because they're obviously advising the bank. But I think for the other banks as well, you've had this, you know, a week now of banking shares taking a hit. and investors and people in the market looking at sort of who's next, you know, who has the same vulnerabilities as Silicon Valley Bank. And really, they want to put a stop to it. They want to say that, actually, our financial system is fine. Look, you don't need to pull your deposits out of First Republic. We're putting $30 billion of deposits in there. And essentially, your money is safe. That's the FT's Hortensa Aliai. The First Republic rescue follows the backstopping of one of Europe's big lenders. Credit Suisse stock plummeted earlier this week, so the Swiss central bank threw out a lifeline. The ongoing turmoil had prompted talk that the European central bank might ease up on interest rate rises at their Thursday meeting. That didn't happen. The ECB raised rates by half a percentage point. Here's the FT's Martin Arnold. There was quite a lot of relief in the room, I'm told, after the Swiss central bank uh, came out and provided um, a 50 billion Swiss franc uh, liquidity line to to, uh, Switzerland's second biggest bank on Wednesday night. And so on Thursday morning, there was a rally in banking shares, and that really gave the ECB confidence to go ahead with the half a percentage point increase in borrowing costs that it had widely signaled it was planning to do. So, Martin, did the ECB signal what they would do next after this latest decision? Well, this has been a, the other big change for the ECB. There's there's really no forward guidance beyond saying that they think their inflation forecasts are indicate that they still have some ground to cover. But they say there's a lot of uncertainty around those forecasts especially given what's happening in the banking sector. And from speaking to people on the council, I can tell you that that is something that the doves are very pleased about. They feel like that's the first opening of the door to potentially stopping rate rises in future if inflation continues to come down, if the banking turmoil calms. And then I think that they could be getting closer to stopping rate rises. Martin Arnold is the FT's Frankfurt bureau chief. Amid all the banking turmoil of the past week, one of the big surprises was who ended up buying Silicon Valley Bank's UK arm. 
And get this, they only paid one pound. Here's the FT's banking editor, Stephen Morris. If you told me at the beginning of the week HSBC would end up owning Silicon Valley Bank UK, the bank of choice for startups and tech companies and even crypto in the UK, I would have told you you were mad. So as you've reported, Stephen, this decision was made in an all-night session with a whole bunch of banks. They looked at the information they had on SVB UK, and a bunch of the loans were kind of murky. How did HSBC end up being the buyer? All of the other banks fell away, apart from HSBC who kind of realized reading the body language and mood music of the regulators and and politicians in the room that they were the only show in town. And obviously being one of the largest banks in the world with a $3 trillion balance sheet, they had enough to prop up this relatively small lender specifically to tech firms. So they ended up taking a little bit of a gamble on this. So what benefits does HSBC have in owning Silicon Valley Bank UK? And what are some of the challenges? You know, I spoke to one of their executives who said they think it will advance them two to three years along their strategic plan by bringing in all of these clients en masse and a lot of expertise as well of people working in the startup industry. And they also hope that it will cross-pollinate with other areas of the business as well. There are still questions about the cultural fit. HSBC is a very old commercial bank focused on trade flows around the world. The second challenge is what to do with any of the crypto-related companies. HSBC has a well-publicized aversion to doing anything in this space. So it's more than likely that they will have to gently and politely offboard a lot of those crypto clients quite quickly. And the third risk is this 30% of the loans, which they weren't able to properly analyze or do due diligence on beforehand. A lot of those could go bad. And let's not forget here, this was a big PR win for them. They rescued a bank. They helped out the Bank of England. They helped out the government. They got to look like good citizens, as well as potentially getting a good strategic deal and a good deal from a financial sense as well. So I think they're feeling quite smug about it, actually. Stephen Morris is the FT's banking editor. protesters gathered outside France's National Assembly yesterday. It was right after President Emmanuel Macron pulled a controversial vote on a pension reform bill that would raise the retirement age by two years. Macron then used a move to overrule lawmakers and push the bill through without a vote. Here's the FT's Leila Aboud in Paris. This is an incredibly unpopular thing to do with the French public. It's roughly about, you know, three quarters, um, depending on the poll of the public that disagrees with this. And there have been a lot of protests in the past few months about it. Retirement is something that is near and dear to their hearts. They're willing to sort of fight to protect it more than in most other countries. Ironically, Spain is sort of doing another, a pensions reform just across the border. It's not about raising the age, but it's similar in that they're tweaking the system and it's not really resulting in massive protests. So why was Macron so determined to push this through by decree if a clear majority of French people don't want it and it looked like lawmakers may not have approved of it either? I mean, Macron believes that this is the right thing to do for the country. 
And, you know, like many uh, Western democracies or countries, it's, it has an aging population. So there are fewer workers for each retiree. And then Macron's sort of diagnosis is that as a result, you need to reform the pension system, raise the retirement age to reflect the fact that people live longer and that there are fewer workers per, tire, per retiree. And if you don't, you're going to end up with a sort of financial crisis or a deficit problem with the, with the pension system in the coming decades. Bringing it back to now, though, Macron has used this decree and lawmakers can respond by calling a no-confidence vote and theoretically bring the government down. Could that happen? I'd put it as a low probability event. doesn't mean it can't happen, but it's probably not the most likely scenario. But that's actually almost not the issue. There's a sort of almost quite probable scenario, which is that the government survives a no-confidence vote but still has a political crisis on its hands that it can't really control, right? It's more a question of, you know, what has this moment and kind of the past few months, what is it going to change? And um, what does it mean for whether Macron can really have a successful second term? He has sort of touched off this process, which fundamentally could weaken him in the long term, even if in the short term he survives. That's the FT's Paris bureau chief, Leila Aboud. You can read more on all these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Mark Filipino, Fiona Simon, and me, Sonia Hudson. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Kalman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.